a Highline podcast. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. I'm Stephen Torna. <laughs> I'm Cat Dwyer. And that's a good sound. <laughs> yes, it is. Bubbly goodness. Oh, she's diving right in. Whoa. We are drinking a wild beer tonight. Yes, we are. For our second installment of News and Brews. Mm, that is so tasty. Uh, right off the bat, what is today? January 20... 8th. 8th? Yes. January 28th, 2022. Yep. On a Friday evening, instead of our usual Thursday, we've got a tall boy can of some Mountain Walking's Chopping Wood. It's a very interesting beer. Um, They have a chopping wood that is like a, I think it's a Doppelbach, but they have a special limited release purple rice lager that is also named chopping wood it's literally purple it's purple (laughs) it's so tasty um mountain walking has been doing a lot of collabs doing a lot of japanese style beers so a lot of rice based uh fermentations and so it adds this really interesting flavor and it gets you kind of get a little bit of that starchy sweetness that you would from like eating rice Hmm. but in a brewed form and this one is purple because it's dyed with i believe it's pea berry flowers so it's naturally colored purple it's so cool it looks like purple gatorade (laughs) (laughs) or purple drink yeah it's great well definitely lighter like a lager Mm -hmm. i feel like i can notice that it's made with uh, rice instead of wheat it is a different kind of sweetness. What notes do you get, Torna? <laughs> oh, let's see. On the front, I don't get a lot. It's pretty carbonated. But then on the finish, like back of my throat, I get that starchy rice that I just described. I get a little bit, even though it's just colored with it, I do get a little bit of the floral flavor from the pea flower. Mm. And then I don't know if it's... Maybe because the rice they're using is some sort of enriched rice. I almost get kind of like a irony kind of like flavor to it, which might be because it's a lot of rice is enriched. The invention of the fortified rice. Right. We're drinking GMO purple rice beer. <gasps> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that iron taste. That's mm-hmm. a good way to describe it. Metallic-y, mm-hmm. but not like in a gross way. <laughs> yeah. And not like um, like from the can. It's definitely not no. that flavor. Anyway, it's, you know, I like it. It's not like the most crazy flavorful beer, but the presentation is just so cool. And it is a very limited release. I think they're only doing it for like a month. I figured let's hop on the hype train. Yeah. Give it a try. I like it. So It would be pair very well with like, Savory, spicy food. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good beer to pair with a meal. 
feel like a lot of the beers I drink, I don't want to drink with food. Because mm-hmm. they just don't pair well. They're like too heavy or too bold. And right. This is a nice sippable beer with a meal. Yeah, we're going to have to. So, Kat, I know you don't like sweet, sticky beers. No. Every now and again, though. <laughs> I know. I was. Brac- <laughs> we're going to run out of beers. <laughs> I know. I was bracing myself for like a malt tonight. So. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll, well, there's so many options, really. And I will. Uh, I'm a sucker for like barrel aged beers Mm. but probably we might do like a double feature on those days because okay i can't drink a whole can of like a barrel aged beer okay like a lot of times i'll split it three ways with my roommates Mm. because it's so rich it's a lot it is a lot i'd have like a headache by the end of it probably (laughs) so none of that so yeah the beer is amazing What's going on this week? We, we we didn't record last week, so I haven't seen you in That's right. like two weeks. Well, you've been in Anaconda. That's right. Building cabins, restoring cabins. Uh, yeah. Just in it, just covered in dirt and dust. And How old are the cabins again? I think they're 115, That's or the main cabin is. So There's cool. like multiple, mm-hmm. but the one we're in is the oldest. That's very stinking old. And it looks like it. And is this, remind me, is this something... A project that where they're going to be renting out the cabins, or is this for somebody's private home? It's a private home. It's in the family. So I believe it's being renovated for family use. Okay. So I don't know how many people are in the family, but it'll be kind of like a vacation home for for everyone in the the posse. Nice. Building a pool house, which is cool. Oh, is there a pool? Yeah, they're putting an indoor pool. There's an indoor pool in the cabin? They added on to the cabin. Okay. I was like, how did so that happen? So the new section has an indoor pool <laughs> and an underwater treadmill. An underwater treadmill? I don't even treadmill. know how that what works. What does that mean? It's like a treadmill that you can run on, but it's like- While you're in the water? While you're in the water. Oh. I don't get it. Is seems that like better for your joints? Probably. Somehow? Seems fancy. It seems like Lux Elder exercise. Yes. <laughs> Maybe they're prepping. Maybe. Like, we're going to get old eventually. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing that. So, I was out of town, and that was just kind of nose to the grindstone. Yeah. And then I blinked, and I was like, oh, all right, the week's over. Is that project done, or do you have more work? No, I'll I'll go back at least mm. one more time. Yeah. I think not this week, but next week I'll be back for a few days. Nice. Okay. And beyond that, not much new. Sweet. We did get stickers made. We have stickers coming. Yes. So more details look, on that soon. They look great. Yes. They're amazing. Yeah. So super stoked. Dixie Henning did a phenomenal job. Nailed it. Yes. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dixie. So that'll be fun. We'll share that on our social media soon when they're available. I didn't have anything really exciting happen to me this no, last week. No writing papers. Trying to get a piece I wrote on inflation place. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that is just a long process. Uh, I think the American Institute of Economic Research, AIER, is going to be publishing it. I'm going back and forth with not editors, but uh, staff members right now oh. who like research fellows who focus on monetary policy. So it's like, well, <laughs> this is... <laughs> a lot um but it'll hopefully get published soon but that's just been like a really slow process so we'll see but other than that 
and just being super freaking busy with work. The new year is just starting off with a bang. I feel like I've just been in. All I've been doing is looking at screens and reading and writing. So I'm really excited for the weekend. I'm excited to be having this conversation. And then I'm going Nordic skiing tomorrow and nothing is going to stop me. Nice. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's going to be a blast. Yeah. Where are you headed? Um, I think I'm going to go to the West Fork of Mill Creek. Cool. Yeah. Never been. I've but... heard, heard it's not in the Absorca range. I've yeah. heard it's not. If you go to on the west side, it's not crowded. Nice. So we'll see. Should be good. I don't know if they got snow with this last little dumping that we had. I think it finally snowed more in the mountains than it did in town. We've had two storms this winter. Just missed the mountain. (laughs) Which is so strange. The Bridger Mountains anyway. I don't know about the Absorcas. But yeah, like totally missed the mountain and dumped Mm -hmm. in town, but not there. So that's odd. But I think this last snow, they got more than we did in town. So hopefully conditions are good. Have you skied or snowboarded this year? No, I haven't gone once this year. Delinquent. <laughs> You've just been working too. Yeah, and then I'm just tired. I'm like, uh, I could go skiing or I could actually cook food. And- right. I know. <laughs> I know. It's quite a production. This is, this is true. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take it easy this weekend for sure. Got a little bit of work to do on Saturday, tomorrow. Uh, other than that, nothing. Nice. Very nice. So I had texted you this already. There's like a lot going on in the news right now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it I think will be relevant soon, but there's not a lot of info on it. So we're kind of just kind of pick two, honestly. I mean, I, I had a hard time this week being like, Ooh, what should I talk about? Because there's so much to choose from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And obviously Ukraine's like a huge deal right now. And Right. But also our goal is to talk about stories that we don't think are getting enough coverage. This is true. And that's true. all anyone is talking about in Ukraine. And right. I also feel like, I mean, maybe we can even touch upon it later, but I just am like confounded by what's happening. None of it seems to make any sense. Yeah, that's true. I almost need to wait. I need I, I need more information yeah. or some more context or something yeah. to even try to make a, a good yeah. observation or a analysis of it. So yeah. we're uh, we're mixing things up a little bit. I uh I want to talk about truckers. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about trains. All right. <laughs> so bringing it back old school. Transportation. <laughs> you know, I never was into cars like as a kid, but mm-hmm. I was into trains. Oh, okay. So there you go. They have a, a special soft spot in my heart for trains. For trains, <laughs> nice. Uh, this story will make you sad then no, when we get oh, no. to it. <laughs> All right. So what's the? I feel like the trucker story is kind of upbeat. Do you want to end with that? What's the? Yeah, we could end with you an upbeat. End with some... The train story is not upbeat. It's yeah, really yeah. Sad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can start with that. Um. <clears throat> so. The Wild West is alive and well in California and particularly L.A. County, Um, which I think most people are probably familiar with, like the crime wave that's sweeping across most of the major cities in our country. L.A. is particularly bad. So on top of like people just going into stores and clearing out all of the prescription drugs and whatever else they can get their hands on and people breaking into people's homes in broad daylight and all of that kind of theft. There's also been organized crime gangs targeting 
train shipments. So as the trains are, you know, like slowing as they enter certain parts of the city, these organized crime gangs are jumping on board. Some of them are even getting into like, I don't know what it is, but like the cab where the brakes are and like literally like stopping the train. Oh. Um, and then they're just using like bolt cutters and breaking into the cargo shipments and just stealing shit. And this is stuff that's like it's everything from like iPhones to COVID rapid tests to Right, there's no way to know what's in it, right? Yeah, it's just like whatever. It's packages from retailers, it's packages from Amazon, it's like all sorts of stuff. And the images around from this from these scenes are like just ridiculous. It's these train yards are just completely littered with trash. Just like empty packages and discarded crap that somebody didn't want to steal, but they ripped it open and then they just leave it to like rot next to the train. I mean, littered. Like it looks mm-hmm. like an image of like, I don't know, a garbage dump outside of Mexico City or something. Like, Well, I was going to say, I've only seen like one picture. Yeah. And, and didn't really hear much about it, like details. Yeah. But it looks like if you went to the landfill yeah. and, and someone put a train track. It is through. It doesn't look like a place for trains. No. It looks like a it landfill. It looks like a dump. It does indeed. Well, it's turning into one. So, okay. So here's some detail. And I have a couple links to stories that we can put in the show notes. Cool. Um, so at a rate of 90 freight cars ransacked per day, uh, 90, 90 freight cars per day. You know how big a train freight car is? It's, it's a lot of They're shit. 40 feet long. <laughs> yeah. It's a ton of stuff inside of it. 40 feet long, you say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's big. So 90 per day. Per day. Yeah. And this has been going on for like Was that four? Wow. So Union Pacific estimates that thefts against its train are up by more than 160% over last year. And the year ending October 21, excuse me, 2021, the increase was 356%. So this is like an unprecedented wave of crime targeting these trains. Union Pacific also says that it may begin avoiding operating in Los Angeles County because they, they can't like tolerate the spike in thefts. Yeah. Union Pacific has its own sort of like security police force um, and they're working with LA police and like they can't keep a lid on this problem. Um, so they're thinking about just avoiding it altogether. I don't know what the logistics looks on that looks like on that. Um, so uh, the company also claims that, well, so, Part of the problem is, and this is the problem that's driving a lot of, if not the majority of the crime across the country, but in L.A. specifically, um, is the fact that the district attorneys in these cities are not prosecuting crimes. And so these so criminals for, who are, you know, doing, quote unquote, petty theft are um, let out on bail, sometimes no bail. And they're literally within 24 hours, if they do get arrested, if they get arrested, within 24 hours, most of them are like just back out on the streets. So there's really no disincentive. So these people are just, you know, and they're and they're making presumably a killing. I don't think most of these people are probably not even keeping a lot of the goods. They're they're selling them. Right. Like especially people ransacking prescription drugs like they're selling those on the Internet. Um, Right. So uh, Union Pacific 
has specifically come out and said that um, the LA's district attorney, George Gascon, put, he, well, he put out a December uh, a directive in December 2020 that basically changed how low-level offenses are prosecuted. Again, sort of decriminalizing a lot of this behavior or just opting to not prosecute some of it. Um, and, and so Union Pacific has said, like, this is directly correlates with this uptick in crime. It's worth noting, I think, this is a problem that reaches beyond California. 40% of goods imported into the United States come through the ports in Southern California. So that's that's a lot of that is a lot. our goods. <laughs> so these aren't these aren't people aren't just stealing things that are meant for Californians. These are things that are meant for people all across the country. I'm sure in like, I don't know to what extent percentage wise, but this is definitely contributing to supply chain problems. Um, if these goods aren't actually being like ever making it to their destination. So another thing worth noting is Proposition 47 in California that raised the level that you were allowed to steal before it was counted as a felony. So now you can steal up to $950 worth of goods and it's considered a misdemeanor. And so a lot of people, for obvious reasons, are pointing to that as an incentive for criminals to steal a lot of shit because they know that it's not going to be counted as a felony against them. Uh, Yeah. And that also counts for personal property. Yeah, totally. Because just not that long ago, a few months ago, there was a video circulating of a guy who just had to sit there and watch while a dude stole his bicycle. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's cutting it and he's like, I'm going to call the police. And he's like, and then the dude screams at him. He's like, I know what your bike's worth. They can't do shit. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. Damn. Yeah. And then he he broke the lock, hopped on it, rode away. Yeah. The dude was out his bike. Right. And if that guy even got arrested, there's a very good chance he would be released within 24 hours and not prosecuted. Yeah. So all of these policies are driving the crime wave. The problem in LA with these train robberies is just like so absurd. And I think so visual too, because it's, it's on such a big scale. And as we said, like the train yards are turning into like dumps. So, which it's also like the people who live near train yards, that's typically like lower income communities. So now what they just have like roving bands of organized crime gangs like walking through their neighborhoods and stealing shit like it's just do you let your kids play outside when you live in those conditions you know like there's lots of effects of this beyond Mm -hmm. just somebody's iPhone getting stolen. So I think there's definitely momentum that has been building in L.A. specifically um, and their D.A. George Gascon is currently he's going to be recalled. I think they got all of the signatures that they needed. Nice. And I think the vote is in July. I want to say I might be wrong about that when it happens, but or maybe July is the deadline and then. The election would actually be in the fall, but anyway, hopefully he gets recalled and hopefully they bring some like sense back to California. Yeah. They need it. Yeah. They need something. It's a real mess. <laughs> that is crazy. And, you know, we've seen some crazy organized burglary happening, like the, uh, you know, the mass looting of like the, whatever it was, the Gucci store, Louis Vuitton, I can't remember. Mm, in San Francisco. And, and, yeah, and yeah. You've got these, you know, 30 vehicles that pull up. Mm-hmm. They coordinate, get in, literally steal everything. 
you know, like the Grinch, like the last crumb right under the, you know, can. Yeah. And then out. And uh I mean, yeah, it is it is wild. I can't even really conceive train robberies. <laughs> I know. It's in, like what in, year is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Well, and you know, as I noted before, like this is a problem. One, this crime problem is not isolated to California alone. And two, like the goods that are being stolen in California impact the rest of the country. And like the prescription drug thing, that really, I don't know, that's just like glaring to me because those are for sure being sold illicitly online, you know? Well, and given LA, even though, I mean, I guess San Francisco's kind of right now the hotspot for fentanyl, but wouldn't be surprised if the target is drugs in these in these in the robberies. Train robberies oh in the train robberies oh 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 yeah well i don't like know you could get information you're like hey we know that actually these things are being shipped in get a whole shipment well that's the thing this is organized mm-hmm. it's very clearly organized like the way it's executed the cars that are waiting yes. like there's anecdotal and video and like police records that i think demonstrate that it's organized and i the question is like i think this is on a scale where it's the job of like it calls for federal intervention Mm -hmm. at this point i you know and i'm like joe libertarian but sure especially this train issue like this is disrupting interstate commerce and that's like the one thing the federal government or one of the few things in my opinion the federal <laughs> government should be responsible right. for. It's one of the things they were designed it was designed to be responsible for specifically. So this is an appropriate place for the federal government to step in in my opinion. And I just wonder like is the FBI investigating these organized crime gangs and tracking down like where these stolen prescription drugs are being sold and who's buying them and you know. If it's anything like we've seen in some of the other cities, they have, and they know where it's coming from, and they know who's leading it, and they're not doing anything about it, at least that we can see. That's the question, is why is nothing being done? Yeah. You know, maybe it will be in a couple months, but mm-hmm. right now it seems to be like just a Mad Max scene where there are no rules and the criminals are running wild, so. Yeah, and it's it's, you know, I think... Early on, it was like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's, you know, hard times. People are stealing things because they need it. And like that, it's just completely been debunked. That like, is such bullshit. <laughs> it has nothing to do with like, because I think the original excuse was like, you know. Because of COVID, people of need are poor. Or something, yeah, right? I know. It's like, no, it's organized crime. These people are rich, wealthy gangs, crime circles. No one's stealing Gucci boots and, you know, hundreds of bottles of random prescription drugs because they're like on hard times because of COVID. Right. Not to mention all the transfer payments that went out over the course of the pandemic. Savings are up across the country. Yeah. That's not the problem. Exactly. And so it's something much bigger. Yeah. And far more. And I, I think it's worth noting because this comes on the heels of our progressive episode that was released. Um, Last week, these DAs like George Gascon and similar situation in New York and San Francisco and Philadelphia, etc. They are like proudly instituting what they would describe as 
progressive policies. The goal is to limit incarcerations, to reduce incarcerations, especially of people from the BIPOC community. And that is why they, that is how they justify, like, not prosecuting these crimes. And I think in their theory, it's like, well, you know, petty theft, these things, they should be kind of like forgiven. People should be given a second chance, keep them out of jail. They'll be like hardened if they go to jail. And, you know, I think, you know, that's maybe an interesting thought worth pondering and worth maybe even experimenting in some ways. But we have real life experiments playing out right now, and mm-hmm. it looks like it's just leading to more crime. And it just ends up terrorizing the the people that live in the communities that it's near. Right. I mean, and it makes everybody poorer and less safe. And eventually, if that continues, eventually, like, you can't, you can't have, like, economic growth and prosperity without law and order. And if every time, you know, if you're, I mean, there are so many businesses in San Francisco, for example, that have been broken into and robbed multiple times. Eventually, those people just leave. They can't afford to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Walgreens leaving, you know, shutting down certain stores in San Francisco because they've been like ransacked so many times in the last year, you know, and eventually that just turns into you get these like deserts in these communities and who's left there. It's just poor people who are left with criminals running the streets. It's. It's really inhumane. Yeah, it might be done in the name of like. I don't know what is considered humane progressive policies, but they appear to be backfiring. And I think it's time for these DAs to like pause, yeah, rethink what they're doing. Everything has unintended consequences. Right. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> then no matter how, and any great idea I might have. Sure. Is sure to have some unintended consequences. And life is about, trade-offs not perfect solutions yes so that is very very true you want to lower incarceration if that means that you have more crime on the streets maybe that's not the right trade-off yeah yeah you're not fixing anything no (laughs) you're actually putting the burden and taking it from the state authorities to manage the criminals like in the criminal justice system and you're putting the burden on ordinary citizens to have to live with the aftermath of that criminal behavior so you're, yeah, neglecting your duties. Mm-hmm. Let's hope he gets recalled. And harming the, the innocent, so. Yeah, right. Be nice to see that happen. A little change. It would be nice. Newsom survived, but maybe Gascon won't. I feel like there's a lot of momentum against Gascon, and no one's claiming that this is like Trump supporters in California. <laughs> I just, yeah, they it's can't like, come use on. that one. Be realistic. Make it make sense. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you wish they'd try harder. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That is kind of a bummer. That's a bummer story. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, if if 40% of stuff is getting shipped in on California coasts and the Pacific Railroad decides to just leave LA alone, <laughs> you know what that means. We're going to need more truckers. <laughs> We're going to need more truckers. That's right. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> let's dive into the trucker convoy driving across Canada. Mm-hmm. Insert Smokey and the Bandit references everywhere <laughs> you possibly can. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back to our conversation. 
If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. And thanks to Highline Media Network for having us as a founding podcast. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, No Normal People. Hello, friends. This is Stephen and Dixie Lee with No Normal People. We are hard at work on season three of the podcast that will be coming out April of 2022. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you. Do you like rocks or beans or planes? Yeah, I like beans. We People like those things. <laughs> and you might also like those things. And we would love to talk about it with you. If you like those things or have other or passions other and things. interests that you want to talk about. It and doesn't you, have to exclusively be those things. We would love to feature you <laughs> on No Normal People. And you can sign up to be on the show by emailing us at nopeoplepod at gmail.com. That's K-N-O-W, People Pod. Or sign up on our show page at www.highline.network. And bonus points if you actually do want to talk about beans. I love beans. I like coffee beans. That's a good bean. And now, back to our conversation. This is an interesting story because you have one side, like, my side, which is like, this is an awesome feel good story. And then you have the opposite end of like the smear tactics and <laughs> saying that these people are like extremists and fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of have to unpack this. So if anyone doesn't know by now, I think today's the first day I noticed, I think like Fox ran a story on it and I don't think I've seen one from CNN yet. Maybe MSNBC. Um, one of the podcasts I listened to finally mentioned it, which I was surprised by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've seen some fringe little things here and there on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but I only knew about it about a week ago because of some Canadian people that I follow like regularly mm. and they've been kind of gung ho on it. Yeah. But yeah. It really has not been in the mainstream media. Well, I guess what triggered it was Elon Musk tweeting about it. And that's probably yes. what got mainstream media's attention. Exactly. They kind of. Yeah. And. They weren't really able to ignore it anymore, which no. is funny. <laughs> but the truck convoy that is driving across Canada, um, or has been driving across Canada the last like week or so, is a effort to peacefully, I guess, what would it be considering protest the vaccine mandates is, mm-hmm. is their main goal. Yep. Um, I think they were driving from basically coast, both coasts to Ottawa. So you've got truckers coming from either side of Canada driving to kind of stand up for the mandates that Trudeau is trying to implement, um, specifically in the case of truckers. And uh, this is interesting because from what I've seen following a couple of these Canadian guys I just mentioned, the Canadian media has been downplaying the whole event, I think in an attempt just to kind of keep it under wraps, like you know, this guy I know was in um, oh, Toronto. He was saying like a lot of Canadians didn't even know what was going on as far as like the actual event. Americans knew more about it than a lot of the Canadians did. Hmm. And so the, well, what is the Canadian news? The CBC? Canadian I don't know. Broadcasting. Yeah, the CBC, government funded 
hmm. news agency just recently wrote a story about the protests and they framed it in such a way saying that it's just a couple hundred truckers and all they're doing is protesting road conditions. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. Which, That's definitely not which, what's happening. <laughs> which was something that was happening in like some random part of Canada. Hmm. And then a couple people basically brought it to attention and was like, this is not okay. Like this isn't, this isn't what, this isn't true. This isn't what's happening. This isn't what the movement's about. And so just like two days ago, that news story was shadow edited. And then there's a note in that story that says the convoy in this story is not in reference to the convoy (laughs) that's uh, protesting mandates, which is just hilarious to me. I'll just say real quick that like all of the there have been a lot of protests in people protesting COVID measures in countries across the world. Yeah. A lot in Europe. We kind of missed our opportunity for France and yeah, there's just yeah. been a lot. And my point is just that like it has been so ignored by media outlets in those countries and in the US, but there's a lot of uprising taking there place. There is peaceful. It- Yes. But a lot of people who are like not okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Which is important. And so what I've been seeing is, well, Trudeau just came out with his statement. uh, And then I've also seen lots of different pundits and figures and obviously obnoxious Twitter people accusing the convoy of being like a, well, in Trudeau's words, uh, what did he say? A fringe minority of extremists. Yeah, who are uh, whose values who have unacceptable views. views. Where's his language? Yes, unacceptable, unacceptable views that don't match with yeah. the people of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said something about follow the science and yeah, the Canadian people gotta, know we have yeah, to follow the science and to preserve take our, care of each other. Yeah, and take care of ourselves to preserve our freedoms in the future. Yeah, to be right, yeah. not now, but in the future, we'll get them back. Eventually. So. <laughs> It's crazy. And right now, the Canadian news as of today, like news channels and everything, are interviewing random people and putting up all of this footage of people saying crazy things. And and they're claiming publicly that the goal of this convoy is to overthrow the government (laughs) and go to politicians' houses. Oh, that's so absurd. Not even joking. They're just headed to the Capitol. Yeah. To like... They're just driving. Yeah. And it's just wild, the smearing. So I've got some quotes from like the last week from the people that organized the event. Mm -hmm. And they're doing a really good job on targeting the the false attacks and trying to like just dodge them and block them and and whatnot. But like, it's not this tiny thing. Like last I saw, there's 50,000 truckers that are participating in it. Mm-hmm. The line of trucks is over 50 miles. That's what I heard. Yeah. And there are hundreds of thousands of people that are lining up along the highways right. in support as the convoy is passing through their yeah. cities. It's a big movement. And it's all sorts of people from Canada. Right. If you if you can find good, accurate videos, because there has been some weird videos circulating that aren't from um, this or certain things that are, are that are not real, but... Current videos, if you can get a date on them and that are accurate and, and 
as of like the last two days. It's like freezing conditions and there are <laughs> families of all walks of life with signs, nothing crazy or ugly that I saw. Just like, no. thank you. Yeah. Like Canadian flags. Go truckers, Canadian flags. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, screw the mandates. Yeah, that yeah, kind of exactly. Stuff. I saw a video of a group of probably a dozen or more women mm-hmm. uh, making food to give to the truckers when they like made it when they went through their town. And they were all singing the Canadian national anthem while they were putting uh, together these sandwiches or something that looked really good. <laughs> all right. It was a sweet thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I think it's a bit disingenuous, um, the attacks going on. And I, and I have seen, you know, I've seen some, some stuff being like, oh, look, here's a picture of one trucker. And it's like, he's got a Trump hat on. And they're like, it's a bunch of Trump supporters. They're in Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there are, there are, I'm sure there are American truckers that are there participating, and there's sure. Canadians that like Trump, okay? There's like MAGA Trump people. But what is that, like, yeah, exactly. how does that discredit their views? Yeah. And, and, I, and I'll just say, before you start to read those quotes, if someone was trying to overthrow a government, I don't think they would, like, how is this the way that they would do it? Have a long, multi-week procession in trucks moving slowly yeah 50 miles of like, trucks what how like, is that wouldn't they like sneak <laughs> in with weapons and yeah exactly have something more tactical and also like you don't just uh, overthrow and what is f- and then what happens yeah. and a bunch of 50 miles of trucks are going to pull up the politicians houses right. <laughs> it's idiotic it's just so stupid right so it's pretty funny and so something that's really important too that i'm seeing is like trudeau and again all these annoying twitter people are like oh these people are just fringe anti-vaccinators fill in the blank. And so this is what's important to hear from the, the people that organize it. It's very organized. They've got a website, uh, which you should go to Canada unity.com. They've got all their social media links. They have a countdown of like the whole last week. I've been watching it, like <laughs> how long it is till they'll get there. And as of us recording like three hours ago, trucks were starting to come into Ottawa. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and I'm sure that's going to take a while. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's important to understand that right now, Canadian health services have predicted that upwards of 90% of truckers in Canada are vaccinated. Yeah. 90% of them are already vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And so, all of these truckers participating in this are anti-vaccination mandate. Not necessarily anti-vaccination. Right. Yeah. And so... It's a group of people that are mostly vaccinated saying, well, no, our fellow unvaccinated truckers are part of this community and we need them. And so, like I said, the actual organization has done a really good job, like constantly putting out their their motives, their goals, which I think completely discredits like the weird reports of like people online threatening violence. Okay, people online are not people participating in the in the convoy but these are very important things these are all quotes from their social media uh this was all found on instagram the trucking convoy is not anti-vaccination they are anti-mandate many of us are vaccinated actually the majority of them are vaccinated we simply believe that every canadian should be free to choose and face no discrimination or restrictions on their freedom due to their choice they then went on to say 
Truckers will not block emergency vehicles at any point ever and will even assist any person in need at any point along the convoy or protest. Then in another post, they can, well, not in another post, constantly they're putting all in bolds, stand in peaceful, unified noncompliance. Like every other post, that's their, their message. Uh, as of 18 hours ago, Canadian news has been putting out like, I saw an interview of this old dude at like some random gas station that's like, yeah, I got guns and like, I'm ready to like get them and, you know, overthrow the government. It's like some old dude and Hmm. you're like, what is going on here? And they, they actually address that disavowing them. They're like, this is not, we have nothing to do with these people. Not our motive. Yeah. Probably call the police on that guy. (laughs) Uh, A day ago in one of their posts. Uh, They said, pray, my friends, pray for the trucker's safety, for a peaceful protest, for our leaders to uphold the laws of the land, and for these mandates to be withdrawn. For us to never forget our history and what happens when the government discriminates against a group of people and then calls them terrorists or racists when they demand their God-given rights. Um, And then in another post just, I think, yesterday, and this again is, is in response to claiming that people are being violent. There's claims that uh, they were a at least yelling at and potentially be getting violent with reporters like truckers were Mm. all these accusations. This is their response. If you see anybody trying to associate themselves with us that is acting in this way, addressing the violence, um, you need to get their truck number, their license plate number and report them to the police or give that information to us and we'll report it to the police. That is not our mandate. Violence and threats is not our mandate. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, It's very clear crowd control mm-hmm. um and it's important right like the media will use violence if they want to to make something seem illegitimate right and so they're really being careful with that and it makes sense anyone that causes trouble which we've seen across the years mm-hmm. recently one you know a, a bad egg spoils the bunch or whatever right um so it's it's very very important to to address that mm-hmm. and with all the smearing and whatnot it's it's discouraging to to see that kind of uh media manipulation and you know in canada it's it's honestly not surprising because at this point like the the cbc is basically just government propaganda over the last couple of years canada has pumped over a billion dollars into news agencies across canada and also i think last year offered up $600 million in bailouts for news media. Hmm. And then just this year, they've, they've spent $100 million on COVID ads. That was a part of Biden's BBB, mm-hmm. was to have direct subsidization of um, uh, local media outlets in the country. And this so is, Canada's already doing that. That yeah, sucks. Yeah, they are already doing that. <laughs> that's and, that's, and that's why yeah. they toe the line for what Trudeau says. Right, of course. There's no... It's a huge conflict of interest. It's a huge conflict of interest. Yeah. Their funding, their bailouts, their advertisement funds. Yeah. Is all coming from the government. Yep. And if you don't toe the line, you're going under. There's a threat. You won't get your funding. Yeah, exactly. Which state sponsored media is a problem. (laughs) A lot of things run this way, which is unfortunate. Right. Um, But it's something to remember. Yeah, for sure. Um, And so it... (laughs) When the government is saying something or the, or the mainstream is saying something, 
I would be very weary to ever immediately think that it's correct. Yeah, don't take it verbatim. Yeah, exactly. And trust it wholly. Yeah, and I think sure. it's fair to say that this is an example of honestly disgusting corruption. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also worth noting that these truckers and everybody who's protesting vaccine mandates again are not necessarily anti-vaxxers some might be vaccinated with the mrna vaccine sure some might be not vaccinated with that but they are open and willing and don't question the plethora of other vaccines that we take um some people might be totally opposed to all vaccines there's a spectrum Mm mm-hmm the thing that these protesters have in common is that they are against the mandate. And I think the mandate in every country, just blanket the mandate, mandating these vaccines to participate in life really has like no legs to stand on at this point because we know the vaccines do not prevent contracting and spreading the virus. Yes. So what is the purpose of mandating people to take the vaccine? Right. If it only is useful in limiting the potential severity of the disease in your individual body, then that's an individual choice. And it has no bearing or impact on the people around you. So this idea that we're going to quote unquote follow the science and stand together and make sacrifices to protect each other is bullshit. It, taking the vaccine does not accomplish those two things at all. No. and It's not because we're now following like what Trudeau is talking about. I mean, they're pushing something that isn't scientific because it doesn't prevent you from transmitting the virus. So like, what is the scientific ground for forcing people to take it? It's a personal choice. It only affects your individual body. If I want to take that risk, I can take that risk, especially considering the fact that working age people are largely, except with the exception of children, are like the least vulnerable to this virus. Right. So it's just there's I feel like there is just no reasonable rationale that this is based on any longer. And that's what people are frustrated and that's, about. And that's just it. That's what people are upset about. Yeah. You know, especially in Canada, it's been particularly bad. Yeah. They have, they've been way more draconian. <laughs> draconian. They've yeah. been listening for two years. Yeah, and and obeying these rules, mm-hmm. and the rules haven't adapted. He, Trudeau keeps talking about science. Fauci starts keeps talking about science, but the rules aren't adapting. Right to the scientific to the, to the science. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. And it's no wonder people are getting frustrated. Yeah, and evidence is coming out more and more about Omicron. That. The vaccine really just isn't effective against Omicron. It wasn't against Delta either. Yeah. Like that's now the talking point is like, well, now with Omicron, we know that it doesn't, you can transmit it. We knew that with Delta too. Right. And that's okay. Sure. Like I'm sure they're working on a vaccine or, you know, something that's effective for it. But then they're pushing like boosters that, by the way, you have to have a booster to have your passport be relevant. Literally is the won't work for Omicron. Right. Like right. It's, I just said this early. Make it make sense. Right. Totally. I know. 
And so this is this is what people are and this is not just a fringe. This is what hundreds of thousands of people are frustrated about. Right. Yeah. And like you don't like, and this is not my thought. This is actually something Russell Brand said, uh, but he made a great point. He's like, you might not like what they stand for, or you might, you know, blah blah blah, fill in the blank. You might think that they're anti-vaxxing, but like the fact that they're able to protest and have their voice heard and do what they want to do and not be stopped is really good. Yeah. And you should celebrate that. Right. Totally. Completely. And it sounds like, especially this trucker movement, these are people who like care about their country, care about their communities. They're calling for it to be peaceful repeatedly. Yeah. And they're asking for something that is totally reasonable. They're not demanding that nobody ever take the vaccine and they're not asking for more government control, but in the opposite direction, they're just saying, don't force me to take something that has no bearing on my fellow man and only impacts me. And I make the individual choice that I don't want to take it. And when you, and for the, for those truckers who are unvaccinated, they have to quarantine for two weeks. Every time they cross back into the border, they're crossing the American border constantly. I mean, it's like, so they couldn't work is what it, amounts to Mm -hmm. so it means them losing their job and their livelihood what are they supposed to do never work again like it's just like there has to be an end to this at some point it's maddening at this point right and if you're talking about a demographic that's 90 percent vaccinated like yeah yeah i think i heard that it's only it's like roughly sixteen thousand truckers that don't have that are not vaccinated okay and there's 120,000 truckers in canada and there's, it sounds like significantly more than 16,000 that are involved in this yes, movement, like right? like 50,000. So there's a lot of people who right. are vaccinated, obviously, as you said, that are supporting not being mandated right. to Right, and the it. thing is with mandates and, and whatnot, like, if you want to follow the science, look at, well, not that I even really care about this, but look at, like, projected numbers for herd immunity and vaccination rates. Like, it varies from 70 to 90% of the population needs to be vaccinated to have herd immunity. Mm-hmm. That target 90%'s not enough? Like, it seems like whatever campaigns they're doing, outreach, policy, that's pretty good, 90%. Yeah, totally. That's the thing that's like frustrating. Like, how far do you want to let... The government control right. your life. Well, and that's where it's a question of like, because you could, I mean, literally these politicians could be like, hey, we have these, we actually have really high vaccination rates. This campaign has been successful. The reality is this virus is going to be endemic. As most viruses do, it's going to evolve to become more contagious, but less deadly. We're going to have to learn to live with it. The risk is much lower now. We can, We have all the tools we need to be able to combat it and to tolerate it. So job well done, pat ourselves on the back. We did it. But they're not doing that. Right. Why are they not doing that? I know why, but. They were, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too hard to give up that control. It is. Yeah. I know. I've got a buddy in San Francisco who listens all the time. Uh, love you, buddy. Miss you. <laughs> and uh, she's in this tricky situation where she's trying to find a job. And she has been. She's fully vaccinated, like all, I guess, two rounds mm-hmm. of, I don't know which one, but mRNA. Um, I don't know if it's Moderna or Pfizer, but so she's vaccinated fully. 
but she is not boosted. Yeah. And at this point, with all of the newly available science that we have and our understanding of the virus and how it's mutated and the state of the pandemic, she does not want to get boosted. Mm -hmm. I don't blame her. I don't blame her either. Her, you know, I mean, I don't mean to go into like embarrassing detail, but like many women, like menstrual cycles have been disrupted. There's been an impact on her, right? She does not want to get boosted. She is now in final rounds of this job interview, like third, fourth round, something like that. And she just learned that she has to be boosted in order to work for this company. So what does she do? You know? And she's been trying to find a job for a while now. So now it's just so she can't she can't work for them is what likely is going to happen. Yeah. And that's kind of the case for a lot of businesses. And and she's in San Francisco, as I mentioned. Um, And they're following, you know, government guidelines. And this is, you know, the best available science that the government gives them that you have to be fully being fully vaccinated means being boosted. Well, what happens when it wanes in six months? That six month deadline's approaching. Is there going to be another booster shot? And to go to restaurants, you have to get your second booster. We're already on third boosters, baby. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Third (laughs) boosters. So it's just like. It's just this never ending thing. And it's like she's a fully capable, bright young woman who's healthy, who's had COVID, has natural immunity and has taken, you know, the full round of the initial vaccine. And she's potentially not going to be allowed to work because she's not willing to take an excessive booster shot that is proven to serve really no purpose in terms of transmission. How does that make any sense? Make it make sense. You know? (laughs) So anyway, it's just, I think clearly a lot of people are totally Mm -hmm. fucking fed up. Um, And I applaud these truckers. And I think it's hilarious that Justin Trudeau, I think yesterday or the day before, announced that he found out he was exposed to COVID and he doesn't have any symptoms and his tests are negative, but he's going to isolate just in case. Right. Just as these (laughs) convoys headed to Ottawa. (laughs) So, you know, he, you know, so he won't, we'll see, maybe he'll grow a pair and go out there and like make a statement, you know? I mean, I'd rather, even if he wants to be like, I think you guys are wrong, like, be enough of a leader to go out and like address Seriously. it for Christ's sakes. Don't like hide in your taxpayer funded house. Anyways, it's gross. <laughs> this is supposed to be uplifting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of uplifting. Yeah. I'm uplifted. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this, uh, I don't know. When are they supposed to get to Ottawa? You said they're starting to arrive they're, today. Yeah, it was like a couple hours ago. So. Okay, cool. So maybe we'll be, this will air. This episode airs tomorrow, Saturday, mm-hmm. maybe Sunday. Yeah, depending. Um, this weekend, and we will uh, be sharing. We'll try to share updates on our social media channel about this story. Definitely, that'd be fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Anyway, just just remember, like these these guys aren't all and girls because truckers could be girls too, right? Uh, you know, they're not all losers. They're not all anti-vax. They're not far right. They're not extremists. They're not racist. They're working class people that come from all spectrums of the political aisles mm-hmm. that are just done with the BS. Yep. So, you know, 
there's 120,000 truckers in the country. You can't just paint a whole group of people with with those kind of of um labels. Yeah. So that was fun. News and brews. News and brews. <laughs> Truckers and train robbers. Truckers and train robbers. Let's hope the future is a <laughs> brighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll get updates on everything that's happening. As always, please hop on Twitter. Give us a follow at Whiskey Bench Pod. Check us out on Instagram. We've got pictures. Um, Twitter's been super fun lately. Thanks for everyone that's engaging with us. Yeah. Um, we've gotten a lot of good questions. We like it. Sometimes it's hard for me to like respond. Kat's been doing a great job with that. And so it might take us a while to, to think about it. And, you know, Twitter's not the best format for, you know, nuanced responses. Right. But I think there's enough good feedback that a lot of this can be motivated and used for topics honestly oh for sure yeah and so if you guys have a great answer or a question like or a critique like that's great for us yeah throw it our way we can use that yeah for sure we we welcome it yes absolutely so until next time cheers cheers Welcome to No Normal People. I'm Steven. And I'm Dixie Lee. The internet didn't need another podcast interviewing the same famous authors, artists, and thought leaders. Dixie, my friend Bailey educated me about a word called sonder, and this is the realization that any stranger or passerby you see has a life equally complex, deep, and vibrant as your own. So join us every Tuesday as we talk to the normal people in our lives and hopefully inspire sonder in yours. No Normal People. It's like Humans of New York, but a podcast, and in Montana. Highline Media Network. Artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.